Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. I'm very, very glad that you're here. But um, I'm going to read these scriptures. I'll leave them alone a little bit. And I'll come back. If you could stand with me today as we read these two or three verses, I'd appreciate it greatly. Leviticus chapter 25, 8, 9, and 10. If you could please stand with me. I'm having to say that a lot more than I used to. People are used to not balk on me with that. It's not like they do anymore. I don't know. So. Leviticus 12, 25, 8, 9, and 10. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Everybody say forty-nine. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land and you shall hallow the 50th year everybody say 50th and proclaim liberty everybody say liberty proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants thereof and it shall be a jubilee unto you and you shall return every man unto his possession and you shall return every man unto his family. It may seem like Swahili that I'm reading, but I'll try to make sense to it before this day is over. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. I ask you to touch every person, every life. God, I'm asking you could help us grasp this concept that I'm wanting to share today, God. I just pray you would help us, every one of us, including me. God, I need your help to convey what I feel in my heart. In Jesus' name, church, say amen. On July the 4th of 1776, America declared its independence from that the tiny, the, the ind- from the rule of Great Britain, as Jacob was talking about that today, um, when he was looking up Jubilee. The 13 colonies that were part of America joined together as one and they became what we are now still a part of is the United States of America. And so 246 years later we find ourselves here and all across America people are and will be celebrating their liberty and freedom. Um, I do want to say this today that we're celebrating freedom not from a lot of what other people think, that we came to America, America was established because of the freedom of religion. That is, the, that is the freedom that we really are here to fight for and we're thankful for. And we have liberty. Everybody say liberty. What is liberty? Liberty or liberation. It is freedom from physical, political, and spiritual oppression. So on this 4th of July weekend, many will think back to what this day really means. 
They're going to think back to the sacrifices that was made for us to live in the United States. We are a spoiled people. Anybody believe that? We take for granted what we have. As perverse as our nation is, and as bad as we hate paying $4.25 a gallon for gas, we still have a lot of liberty and a lot of freedom. And I'm thankful for those who have fought for our freedom. And no doubt there will be a lot of people that's going to treat tomorrow or this day or this weekend is just another long weekend. We get paid on the holiday. We get a three-day weekend. I get a three-day weekend for my secular job. We're just going to spend it together with family, eating ice cream, hamburgers, hot dogs, and barbecue. That's what we do, isn't it? But it's not just another day just to do that. The people are going to have a good time. They're going to shoot fireworks. And that's great. That's fine. We've shot some the other night. Burn a hole in my trailer. Yeah. That's a story for another day. It's Texas's fault. He's the one who said put them on there. But on this day, before we celebrate the United States being liberated, in this first service of our summer schedule that we have, I want to cast a vision for these Sunday services. I don't want us to think about this just as, oh, we're moving schedules to accommodate another church that we're also taking care of. Or uh, I honestly had one preacher, was, he was messaging me about won't try to, to come preach for us. He's preached for us a few times. And I said, told him what we was doing. I said, well, actually, we're, we're, we're just doing, going to be doing this one service on Sunday. He said, oh, I hate to hear y'all are going down to just less search, church now. And I'm like, it's not less church for me, man, I promise you. <laughs> so, but I, I don't want this just to be something that we think, oh, we're just doing this just because. But I want to cast a vision for what I want this Sunday to look like. Amen. And in order for to do that, I need to explain what Jubilee is. Amen. And... So today, my sermon title for this 4th of July weekend on this Sunday is just simply Jubilee. Everybody say Jubilee. Jubilee. I don't know what Jacob's got for me. I want to see it. He must not know either. There we go. That works. Liberty. Everybody say liberty. Liberty. Did not originate in the good old USA. It goes a lot farther back than that. You see, in the beginning, God planted a garden. Anybody know the name of that garden that God planted? Eden. And He placed two people in that garden. Anybody know who they were? Adam and Eve. And He gave them liberty in the garden. Everybody say liberty. He gave them liberty in the garden. He said, you can eat of all the trees in the garden. You can go swim in the rivers. You can, you can do this. You can do that. He gave them all this liberty except for one thing. 
So, this is why I know people who call the church, uh, uh, you're just a bunch of rule makers and all this kind of stuff, and I can't go to church because it's all about rules. No, it's not. The reason people don't go to church or live with God is not about an issue with rules. Because in the Garden of Eden, where they had all this liberty, they had one rule, and that was not to eat of the tree of the, uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. And that one rule was all they needed. It was not about rules. It was about relationship. But, as they were in that garden, the devil, we know the story, convinced Eve to take of that tree. Adam also eat of that tree. It doesn't matter whether it's Adam's fault or Eve's fault. It's both their fault. They both messed it up. Whatever the case but in what they've done, they sin. Everybody say sin. Say it again. Sin. Anybody know what sin does to you? <coughs> what? <coughs> it kills you. Eventually. But before it kills you, it puts you in bondage. <coughs> Everybody say bondage. It'll hold us in bondage. People say, well, I don't go to church. They're just a bunch of people who's in bondage. No. Spending all you got to buy a lottery ticket or gamble away or buy alcohol or buy drugs, that is bondage. That's bondage. Or, or being uh, addicted to a whatever it may be, whether it be a drug or a video game or, or, or a bad relationship, that's bondage. But this is what Adam and Eve found themselves in a place of bondage. But Jesus came to give us liberty. Everybody say liberty again. Liberty is more than a statue that stands in a harbor that I hope to see someday. Liberty is more than living a life where you're prospering and you, you think you've got everything that you need physically. It's more than being able to choose who you want to marry, which that's a good idea, but it's more than just having a spouse. Liberty is more than being able to go to McDonald's or Dairy Queen. And when you get there, liberty is more than being able to pick whether you're drinking a Coke, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, sweet tea or my choice, unsweet tea. No reaction. I got another, there you go. I got an amen out of that one. Liberty is the essence of us having our true being. Because liberty causes somebody who seems to be weak all of a sudden to get strong. Liberty is what will cause somebody that's poor to grow in real riches. Liberty is what causes Hope to get inside of somebody that seems to be discouraged when they can see liberty. Because what liberty is, liberty is true freedom. Liberty causes the prisoner to dream that tomorrow is going to be a better day. Liberty is the root of all hope in our life. But if sin holds us captive, you don't have liberty. Galatians 5 and 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He saves us from that sin not to continue in that sin. 
He saves us. And I want to tell you today, He does have the power to bring you out of your sin. Amen. And what we've got to understand today, that way back in the Garden of Eden, when sin, Sister Penny, come into this world, that's where bondage came. And from the beginning of the Bible to the ending of the Bible, it's all about one thing, and that's bringing liberty back to His people. And we've got to understand there's only one way that we're going to have liberty in our life. It's only going to come through Jesus Christ. Another, a, a relationship's not going to do it. That's what we was talking to that young lady uh, I was telling you about today, and we was talking to them, and they're struggling with a relationship, and Sister Cheryl said, Honey, what you need to do is you just need to fall in love with Jesus and don't worry about the rest of it. It's such a foreign concept, and, and we think that we need this, and we think that we need that, but what we really need in our life is Jesus to be in our life because He's the only one that can liberate us. He's the only one that can give us freedom. He's the only one that can set you free. Just, just bear with me for a second. Bear with me. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to preach deliverance to the captives. He came to recovering sight to the blind. He came, the Bible said, to set liberty at them that are bruised. The Scripture actually says it this way in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit, Jesus, stepping up, taking the Bible, the Word at that time, and opening up. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to set us free from sin. Let me tell you today, sin will make you poor. Sin will leave you broken hearted. Sin will hold you captive. Sin will leave you spiritually blinded. Sin will leave you bruised. But Jesus will bring you liberty. I'm struggling here today because I'm seeing a group of people that's held in bondage. Because the Word of God is struggling to get to your ear. Because everything else in this life has got you captivated. And you can't hear it right. And what we need to understand today, there's a God that came to give you liberty. Because what you think you want to hear is what you need to hear. Praise God. You need to, we need to understand today, Jesus came to set you free. Amen. And the only thing that's going to set you free is the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And I know that some is struggling with that liberty because you can't get out of your seat and worship. And you can't raise your hands. And you can't feel at peace at night time. And you can't feel at peace. You may laugh and carry on in the house of God. But at night time, you're crying and you're weeping. And you're miserable. I'm talking about a God that can bring you liberty today. I'm talking about a God, hallelujah, His Spirit on the inside of you will give you liberty. It will give you freedom. No doubt that 1st July 4th, they felt liberty. But I'm telling you today, true liberty is found in Jesus. And when we really see that, when we really see that, we're going to realize when I have liberty, why I have liberty, Jacob was talking about the throne a while ago. 
Why I have liberty? Because I'm sitting in the throne with Jesus. When I realize that I have that liberty, it's not me, myself, but it's my God and my Savior and my Deliverer, praise God. And when we do that, we not when we have, we realize that Jesus is seated, that we're seated with Jesus, hallelujah. That's the place that we can enter into rest. That's the place where we can enter into the place where we don't have to worry about our labors and our worries anymore because that what is what happened in the beginning when Adam and Eve fell. You ever work real hard and get tired? You know why you get tired? Because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Because of sin. Do you realize that before sin came, that they worked all day long and they never got tired? You wish? It's still possible. Do you realize that's what sin does? Sin brings you burdens. Sin weighs you down. Sin makes you captive in your past. Sin makes you hold on to past failures and disappointments and what happened. And that's why the devil stepped in there and tried his best to destroy them. And he brought that bondage to their life. And the Bible says you're going to work by the sweat of your brow. What that tells me is you're going to be sweating because work is going to feel like work. But in the Garden of Eden, it did not feel like work. It was a pleasure. You know why? They were serving God. And anytime when we realize that we're serving God and we're not serving sin, there is no labor, there is no sweat, and you have peace. But when it's hard and when it's laboring, there, then sin is involved and bondage is involved and you have no liberty. Amen. Amen. So I'm just saying, where are we going with Jubilee? Just hang on. You see, when we realize that, when we realize that Jesus come to set us free and His Spirit sets us free, then we have liberty. Then we're seated with Jesus. And when we realize that we're seated with Him, we also realize I can't sit with the King on the throne unless I am part of His kingdom. And then I realize, Sister Penny, I am a priest with the King. Come on, hang on with me. I know we're in times of trouble. And I know people are worried, worried about our American freedoms. I'm worried about having to pay $5, $6, and $7 a gallon. I don't want to do that. But if I have to, I will. But my question today is, can we really trust God and stop worrying about these crazy times that we're living in? Do we not believe that we are seated with Jesus on the throne that is over all the powers? We cannot let the powers of this world affect us. Worry tempts us when we face a situation that upsets us. And what we find all of a sudden, we leave that, when we let worry and troubles and all that get in our life, we leave that place of liberty. Folks, it's just a dirt dauber. There, fix it for everybody. It's just a dirt dauber. It'll be okay. <laughs> He's dead now. <laughs> Somebody say praise the Lord. <laughs> he was taking our liberty away. I had to get rid of him. <laughs> All right. Somebody say, when you're born again, you're seated with Jesus. 
And when we're seated with Jesus, you have power over sin. We've got to understand that today to get the essence of what I want these services to be about. When we're seated with Jesus, when we're born again, we've been, been redeemed by the blood, and we're seated with Him. We are seated with Jesus. And we have power over all the cares of this life. We can walk into any situation knowing that Jesus come to give us liberty because He redeemed us at Calvary. And we've got to understand what redemption is. It is something that a lot of people does not understand. And it brings me back to my text today. It brings me back to my subject today of Jubilee. Amen. Everybody say Jubilee. Jubilee. He said, Thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of the year unto thee. Seven times seven years. Somebody do the math for me. Seven times seven. Forty-nine. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Seven Sabbaths is a Sabbath of Sabbaths, okay? It is a Sabbath of Sabbaths. Verse 9, it went on to say, And thou shalt cause the trumpet of the Jubilee, everybody say a trumpet, to sound on the tenth day in the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. You shall hallow the fifteenth year, the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee. Say it with me, jubilee. And you shall return. Listen to what it says. You shall return every man into his possessions, and you shall return every man unto his family. What is he talking about here? In this time, after every fifth years. After 49 years, or, or, or seven Sabbaths, I guess you would say. After these 49 years, they become a Sabbath, what they call a Sabbath of Sabbaths. And during that time, listen to what it says in Luke in Le Leviticus 25, 35. And if thy brother be waxen poor and fallen into decay with thee, thou shalt relieve him. Yea, though he be a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with thee. Take Thou no user of him, or increase, but fear the Lord thy God. Thy brother may live with thee. What he's saying, he goes through here and he begins to say all this. If somebody was a, if somebody was a, a bond person and they was, they was bound, on the 50th year, you know what they done? They let everything go. They freed everything. It freed everybody from the bondage. So everybody was waiting for the year of Jubilee. Because if he was a if this person, no matter how old they were, if they was bound and they were poor and they had been sold and all this kind of stuff, you know what it tells us? It tells us that the year of Jubilee it, it happened every fifty years, twice in one century. Jubilee is actually it is a word that is translated from another language in the English as a singular sound. That word is called Yobel. I don't know what, I, I guess that's how you say it. I am not Hebrew by no means. But what that means is the blasting sound of a trumpet. That's what Jubilee is. You, you seem, put it back up there for me, Jacob. Put the scriptures back up there. Uh, give me verse 9. And thou shalt cause the trumpet of Jubilee to be sound. So listen to me. What this is, that the lands and all the Israelites, the people, they were sold by Israelites in the times of need. And they, what happened when they were sold because they had these needs, they got, turf, they got sent back 
to the original owners. They were released. God said the land, it cannot be sold. It's mine forever. And God gave them the land of Canaan. And God gave them all this stuff. And God, basically what he was telling them, when 50 years comes, you're free. When 50 years comes, you're free. So let me put it in perspective like this. Jimmy, all of a sudden, you couldn't pay for everything you need to pay for. And your sister come along because she had a good job. And she said, you know what? I'm going to not let you be thrown out to the woods. You can come live for me, live with me, but you've got to work for me. And basically, you're going to be my slave. <laughs> that sound good, Jenna? She, sounds like he already is. So I'm going to put it in perspective how this works. Now, you couldn't be like a taskmaster like there was in Egypt because that was horrible and that was cruel and mean. But basically, you couldn't come and go without saying, Hey, sis, can I go this, this, or that? And she said, No, i got dishes that need to be washed tonight. You've got to stay here because you're, I'm the one helping take care of you. But when the year of Jubilee come, it was a Sabbath of Sabbaths. In other words, it was a rest for anybody that needed any kind of rest. And Jimmy is waiting for that 50th year to come because he knows once it gets there, he gets all his stuff back. He gets renewed back to his original owner, back to his original state, and he's no longer a slave to his sister anymore. He has been set free. Amen. So this is why they love the year of Jubilee. This is why they loved it. God would make sure that he would give everything back Basically, everybody came down to level ground and everybody became level in the same once again. That's what the year of Jubilee was. Everybody became level ground once again. Anybody hear where I'm going? Is it making sense to anybody? And if you didn't have any way of being redeemed, the year of Jubilee would return you and you would be free of charge to do whatever you wanted or needed to do once again so now why does that matter to us why does jubilee matter to us here at harvest house why does it matter to us period at all let's fast forward this thousands and thousands of years later jesus has come on the scene somebody says look brother Orton, I, i'm waiting I, i'm 51 right now okay if there's not another jubilee for another 50 years i may not see it Okay. Unless I'm going to live to be 101. I don't suspect that I will. I could. I think the Lord will probably come back before then. But. So. It was so important. They're looking for jubilee. They're looking for freedom. They're looking for liberty. This is why they waited for that year of jubilee. But now then. They knew the prophesied Messiah was coming. And all of a sudden. Jesus shows up. And Jesus. In the book of Luke, chapter 4. I've done read it. Let me read it again. The Bible says, Luke 4, 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of Him throughout all the region round about. And He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And He came to the Nazareth where He had been brought up. And it was His custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Stood up and to read. Listen to what he says. And there, were, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. Listen to what he says, to set at liberty the them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book and gave it again to the minister and set it down. And all the eyes of them were upon, of the synagogue were upon him, were fastened upon him. And he began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And we can just read that and pass on by. But verse 19 is a key verse when he said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And what we've got to understand that the acceptable year of the Lord was a year of jubilee. And what he was telling them, he said, I have come to fulfill the year of jubilee. I am the year of jubilee. I've come to set the captives free. I've come to give you recovery of sight to the blind. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. What he was saying to them, I am the acceptable year. I am the year of Jubilee. That was a statement that Jesus made. He was referring to Jubilee. It was then that God's acceptable time, that was the year of the Lord to come. He came to do exactly what they were waiting on for the year of Jubilee. And this statement of Jesus, actually, it was saying, what he was saying, you know what? It's this, uh, just not this day, but I'm declaring from this day, this is the church age. And now then, this is going to be a perpetual year of Jubilee. It's not, you're not going to wait over 50 years. All you got to do is wait for me. The gospel is now preached to the poor. It was the poor who were sold as servants and, and all the lands, the days of the law. But he said, look, I'm here for you. Amen. You know what this is? This is a return to ownership. Everybody say ownership. This wasn't returning Jimmy back to his original state from Jenna. This is returning Jimmy back to the state of how man was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. That freedom that you're supposed to feel in the Garden of Eden. That freedom to not have to worry about anything. That freedom not worry that you can work all day long, Jenna, and not worry about being tired. You can work taking care of, uh, of elder people in, in, the host, in the nursing home and come home not wore out because you've got Jesus on the inside of you and you've got a jubilee working in your life that's giving you back and putting you back to where you need to be. Somebody said, Brother Orton, why did y'all come to Marion, Kentucky? Because this city needs a jubilee. This city needs a deliverance. And the only way that we're going to get deliverance, praise God, is take us back to how God created us in the beginning before sin fell. He takes us back to our original state of how He created us. Yeah. Uh, everybody's not getting it yet, but hang on. We'll get there in just a second. You see, in the Garden of Eden, when man fell, it made us sinners. And as a result of sin, that young lady told us this morning, she said, I'm just broken. I've had a lot of y'all let me know I'm just broken. She said, I'm just broken. And as a result of sin, there's broken people. There's captives people. There's people that's blind, not physically, spiritually, they're blind to all the good things that God's got for them. There's people that's bruised, been hurt, you've been wounded. And when, when Jesus, what he was saying, when he began reading about his own coming right there, and when he said 
this day, this has been fulfilled in your eyes. What he was doing, he was proclaiming a year of jubilee that would return us back to the state of how God created uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, how they were supposed to be living with the blessings and dominion over every living thing in this earth. And what sin does, it makes us cower us down. It makes us feel like we're less. It makes us feel like we're nobody. It keeps us trapped in the past. Why? Because we were sold in sin. And the entire te New Testament is simply a declaration that everything mankind lost when he was sold under sin in the days of Adam in that garden of Eden, praise God, can be restored once again through the Spirit of God when He fills us with the Holy Ghost. The law of the prophet in the lands regarding Jubilee said that people, that could be restored. And this is why Jesus was saying, you can't be restored once again back the way I created man to be. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing with us. Remember the story about the man who, who went to his master, he had the talents, and he, and he, he didn't have, he didn't have, and he begged his master, he said, please, I don't have it. And the master forgave him of all. Yeah. He forgave him of all. He said, don't worry about it. I forgive you. But take, he paid the price right there. He paid that price. And this is what we got to understand today. He forgave us. At Calvary. And you and I have got to accept that forgiveness at Calvary. We've got to accept the fact that He redeemed us. We could not pay the price that was required for our sin. Do we understand the price that it costs for sin? Does anybody know? Do we know the price of sin? What is it? Death. That's the only acceptable price for sin. It's death. Because in that garden of Eden, that original state, where man lost that authority, the only way, you know how God redeemed them that day? Does anybody know? An animal died. Yeah, we talk about how they come with their, their fig leaves and all this stuff, and we, we, just, we just briefly pass by it and don't even recognize the fact that the Bible said that He put coats on them. Where did that come from? It come from an animal. The Lord slayed an animal. I have to believe it was a lamb. I have to believe it was a lamb that was slayed. He slayed an animal. Blood was shed because the only way sin can have a, be covered up is has to be blood has to be shed for it. And the Lord knew that none of us could do that. None of us could go to Calvary. None of us was good enough to pay that price. And that's why God robed Himself in flesh and He came down to this earth and He walked this earth and He became an ultimate sacrifice. We have a debt that we owe that we cannot pay and we needed someone to wash our sins away. And let me tell you what, every time a preacher gets up and preaches the gospel, you know what he's doing? He's sounding that golden trumpet of jubilee, hallelujah, singing it out and saying you do not have to be caught in your sins. Jesus paid the price for you. You do not have to be held in bondage. You do not have to have that misery in your life. Jesus paid the price for you. If you're living in sin, you're living in sin because you want to. And that's hard to take. But it's the truth. Because He came to set you free. And the only way we can get that true uh, 
a freedom in our life, praise God, is we got to go back to Edom. we got to go back to the Garden of Eden. In other words, and for us to get eternal life, hallelujah, that Adam had there, we've got to let Jesus redeem us. Amen. And at the crucifixion, Jesus paid the price to redeem us. Let me take it a step farther and I'll be done today. This is why. Right now, where I'm going to go to. That this is part of it. This is why I want to call these services Jubilee services. Alright? Number one is the fact that we've been redeemed. We can sound that trumpet. I've been redeemed. He saved me. He saved my soul. He brought me out. But now then, let me tell you why this is so incredible. How long? See if you listen. I'm, I'm going to test you here. Let's see how. I don't, I don't want my wife or, or my son to say this because I know they'll, they'll scream it out, so I want you all to hush. So how long was the Jubilee? 49. Actually, it was 49 years, but the 50th was the year of Jubilee. Now, here's the interesting thing. That 50th in Greek is Pentecost. That 50th in Greek is Pentecost. Acts 2 and 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That is the day of Pentecost, which was the 50th day after the Sabbath following the feast of the first fruits, the day that Jesus resurrected. 50 days after the resurrection was the day, oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost, was the day of Pentecost. That's when a day that all of a sudden there came a rushing mighty wind and began to sound across that place. Amen. A rushing mighty wind began to sound across that place. It was the day of Pentecost, praise God. And you know what? That, that year of Jubilee is the 50th year. So there is also the year of Pentecost, which is also 50, 50 days after Jesus resurrected from the grave, which is also when God gave us the real Jubilee in our life, when he filled this world with the Holy Ghost. And if you want to have a real Jubilee in your life, you need to get the Holy Ghost like you've never had it before. Because that's the only thing that's going to set you free. Hallelujah. Just a nice lay me down. Oh, Lord, forgive me my sins. I'm a sinner. Lord, forgive me. It's not going to set you free. I believe you got to be baptized and you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. But I've seen too many people come to church and repent on these altars and I baptize them in the name of Jesus and I never see them again. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know what's really going to give you a jubilee? What's really going to set you free? True Pentecostal experience is when God returns us back to what Adam lost. And that's our power. And that's our authority. And that only comes when he fills you with the Holy Ghost. It's Christ in me. The hope of glory. The only way you're going to make it out of this world, the only way you're going to be saved, is if the Christ or uh, the hope of glory is living on the inside of you. And that's why I want us to experience this every Sunday. Yes, 
We cannot come in here and have a dead, dry, boring church. If you want that, find one somewhere else. We need to have apostolic, hallelujah, Holy Ghost power, running, shouting, apostolic church of Jubilee. People that's happy, people excited. I've been saved. I've been set free. Pentecost was never meant to be a denomination. It is meant to be an experience. And that experience is meant to be a jubilee in your life. It was meant to be. What does that jubilee mean? That means, hallelujah, I've been set free. I've been set free from my sins. I've been set free from my bondage. I've been restored back to my original state of what God created man to be. I've been restored back to that place in the garden where I can go through a hard day. Let me, let me just give you an example. When we're living in that spirit, when we're living in that jubilee age, hallelujah, because it's hard to stay there all the time, especially in the hour we're living in. But if any of you have been there before, you'll know what I'm talking about. You went to work, and you've had hard days. You've sweated, and it's been, it's been miserable. Let's take it farther than that. We, we've had them times, Sister Penny, when we have fought all hell. It seemed like this is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and everything's are going wrong. But praise God, you've got the spirit of God working in your life and when the day's over you lay your head down on your pillow and you say man it was a rough day but I am still saved it was a hard day but I'm going to sleep good tonight because I know I'm saved I'm going to sleep good tonight because I know I've been set free I'm going to sleep good tonight hallelujah Pentecost is an experience it is a jubilee. That's what it is. It's the fact that, hey, I have been set at liberty. I have been set free. This is what jubilee means. It means I'm celebrating the fact that I have been set free. And the only way you're really going to ever be set free is when the Spirit of God lives and dwells and operates in our life. God wants every person, every denomination to have a Pentecostal experience, praise God. We are not Pentecostal by denomination. We should be Pentecostal by experience. That means not only do I speak in tongues, but I let that spirit that causes me to speak in tongues rule and dominate my life. It controls me. Hallelujah. Devil, you're not going to control me. My spouse isn't going to control me. Hallelujah. Oh my God, my job's not going to control me. My feelings and my emotions are not going to control me. But the Spirit of God that's living inside of me, that's what's going to control me. Hallelujah. And they were all filled, Acts 2, 4, with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Somebody says, that's not for me, Pastor. No, that's not for me. Oh, yeah, it is. It is for everybody. Because Acts 2.39, we quote Acts 2.38 all the time. I talked about it here the other night. We talk, we quote Acts 2.38 all the time, but we forget the scriptures that comes after that. Especially people want to say, oh, it's not for us, but let me tell you what it says, Acts 2.39. For this promise is unto you and to your children, and all that are far off, and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And everybody here in this city knows there's a Pentecostal experience that they can get right here at Harvest House. And we need to come in here and magnify God and, sh- and blow that trumpet, praise God. Because every time I say... I preach this gospel, I'm blowing the trumpet. Every time you raise your hands in the air and you're thankful when you've had a hard day, you're blowing the trumpet. What trumpet? You're blowing the trumpet of Jubilee. You're letting, you're letting, you're letting your spirit
dance in this atmosphere know, hey, I've been set free. I used to be a drug addict, but I've been set free. I used to be this, but I've been set free. I used to be that, but I've been set free. I was a backslider, but I've come back to God, and I've been set free. I've been set free. I've been set free. Hallelujah. So I don't want us to come in here and just chase babies. I want them to chase babies and we're going to take care of them. But don't let bees and babies get you distracted. What we need to make sure that we do is we get our mind on Jesus and let's have church. Hallelujah. Get our mind on him and worship the Lord. Magnify God because this is a day of jubilee to celebrate. We've been set free. Every Sunday we come in here Come on, we're blowing that silver trumpet and we're thanking God, I've been set free. And this is what I this is why I'm calling it a jubilee. I'm calling it a jubilee. Our, 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 our pastor from days gone by, he used to get up and Sister Shore reminded me of it. He, he, he was, he'd get up and say, tonight is our Sunday jubilee service. And this is what he meant. He would going to come here and worship. We're going to hear him thank God because I was a sinner, but now I'm not. I was a drug addict, but now I'm not. I was, I was a this, but now I'm not. Hallelujah. I, I used to be caught up in false doctrine, but now I know the truth. I used to do this, but now I'm that. Praise God. Come on. I'm to tell you just like the Peter said this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel and what we need is when we lift up the name of Jesus the Bible said he would draw all men amen I don't want to leave here on a Sunday and not feel like I've been in some ho- uh, throw down church amen I don't know about you but I need it I need it. You need it. Praise God. Our seniors need it. Our teachers need it. Praise Lord. It's going to give us fuel. As a matter of fact, when we get the spirit flowing and moving in this place, somebody's going to look at you and say, well, I don't know what's going on in your life, but something's different about you. They're going to start asking questions. I'll say, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to come to our church at 2 o'clock and come experience our Pentecostal experience. Come experience our Jubilee service because we're, we've been set free. We've been paralyzed. We've been healed. We've had the broken heart here. We had an experience of the Holy Ghost. I must be done because I have no notes left. And I didn't write a closing. I was hoping you was going to close it for me. Y'all hear me? I, I didn't. I didn't. I usually put down the bottom of closing in the scripture. I didn't do that this time because I don't want to close this out. Yes, amen. I want this to be a continual thing. Yes. I want us to every, every, every week worship, magnify God, Brother Orton. But you, you don't, you, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm battling. You don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. I, I don't. I know. I don't know what you're battling. But I'm gonna tell you what. When we get to Revelation, then I'm not sitting in that seat by myself. Amen. I'm sitting with Christ. Yes. I'm sitting in the throne with Him. Because, see, Sister Penny, that's where Adam and Eve were supposed to be sitting. That's why they had dominion. That's why they had dominion in that garden. You know why? You, you know why He said, I, I got the, I'll be honest with you, I got this revelation actually not too long ago. I always wonder, why did he not want to eat the, the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why, why didn't he want them 
concerned about what was good and what was evil. Because God is the one that determines what's good and evil. And not man. And when they ate of that tree, what they essentially done is said, Okay, God, you don't determine what's good and evil in my life no more. I will determine what's good and evil. And when you've done that, when they done that, Sister Penny, not only did they do that, they done, they always, it's like they done this. Okay, God, I'm taking that ability to good and evil to make it my choice to decide what's good and what's evil. You can move out of the throne because it's only room for me to make them decisions. And when you're the one sitting on the throne, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to have depression. You're going to have heartaches. You're going to have worries. You're going to be caught in your past. You're going to be caught worrying about your future. You're going to be caught. That was never what God intended. God intended us to sit in there with the throne with Him making the decision. Him making the cause of what's good and right. Because I could just see it as Adam was walking along before they ever even tree. I could just see them walking along and all of a sudden the Lord seen something that he didn't need to do. And God spoke to Adam. And God said, Adam, you don't need to go there. And Adam just trusted the Lord and backed away from it. Or he wasn't real sure about walking into some spot. And the Lord said, don't worry about it, Adam. I've got it covered. You walk right on in there. You walk out on in there, Adam. Don't you worry about whether it's bad or right. You just learn what my voice is. Because when we eat of that fruit of good and evil, we decide we'll make that decision of what's good and evil. The only voice we hear is ours. And then the devil can speak to you and influence you. Or go ahead. That's what I've been redeemed from. I've not been redeemed to make everything right in my life. I have been redeemed and God has set me free from the bondage of sin. And that's why the that's why the psalmist wrote, Yeah, he will walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil because thou art with me. What are they saying? I can go anywhere I want to go, Lord, because I'm not worried about what's good or evil, because I know your voice. My sheep hear my voice, and a stranger will they not follow. I'm just hearing God's voice and I'm following him wherever he wants me to go. And that's why I praise God. We're gonna come in here and we're gonna be spirit led. We're gonna let the spirit lead us and not our own flesh, not our own desires, hallelujah, and I want to come in here and just begin to magnify God and say, I'm glad I'm free, I'm glad I'm free.